your attention to 2 Chronicles 31, beginning with verse 4. The word of the Lord says this, Moreover, he, meaning Hezekiah, he commanded the people that dwelt in Jerusalem to give the portion of the priests and the Levites that they might be encouraged in the law of the Lord. And as soon as the commandment came abroad, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits of corn, wine, and oil, and honey, and of all the increase of the field and the tithe of all things brought they in abundantly. And concerning the children of Israel and Judah that dwelt in the cities of Judah, they also brought in the tithe of oxen and sheep and the tithe of holy things which were consecrated unto the Lord their God and laid them by heaps, heaps. In the third month they began to lay the foundation of the heaps and finished them in the seventh month. And when Hezekiah and the princes came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. Then Hezekiah questioned with the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps. And Azariah, the chief priest of the house of Zadok, answered him and said, Since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat, have left plenty, for the Lord hath blessed his people, and that which is left is this great store. Praise God. I just want to speak to you for a few moments this morning on the abundant blessings of God. The abundant blessings of God. Could we lift up our voices unto Him and ask His blessing upon the preaching of the Word today? Lord, I thank You for every precious soul that has gathered in this house. I thank You for all those who are watching from afar. I thank You, Lord, for Your precious favor that has settled upon this great congregation and upon this city. Lord, we truly are grateful, unworthy, but grateful that you have smiled upon us and have opened your hand to us. And I pray today in the name of Jesus that your word will have free course. Minister to us abundantly of your grace. Help us, I pray, to respond to your word and to obey it, to believe it. In the precious name of the Lord, we ask these things. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And amen. You may be seated this morning in the name of the Lord. I want to speak today to the, the whole assembly. Uh, but at the same time, there will be, there will be, a, there will be blessings and, and words of encouragement and direction for those who are individual. It's going to be a message to the collective body, but we are also, as Paul called it, members in particular. And so what happens to one happens to all, and, and we are the body of Christ, and that's what Paul used as the analogy to really help us understand how we function and how we operate. He said, you're a body. And just as one member of the body cannot look at another member of the body and say, you're not valuable, we too cannot look at one member of the body and, and say that member is not valuable. We are all valuable to God. And we all have a role to, to serve and a, a position to, to take in his body. And, and you know that even stubbing a, something as small as a toe can wreck your whole world in the middle of the night. You just, my goodness, you, 
you, everything is fine. All of the vital organs are functioning fine, but, but just stubbing the toe will put the whole body into panic mode. And so regardless of where we may fit in the body of Christ, we matter. And if you remove that same toe, you're going to feel a, a, a weeble wobbling, if you please, a teeter-tottering, and it's all connected to the function, the mobility, and the, and the way of the body. And, and, and that's what Paul said concerning us. We, we are the body of Christ, and we, and we have a purpose as members in particular. So we speak to the whole, but we also... Uh, recognize that as individuals it requires each of us to take up our responsibility to do the work of God as members in particular. And I want to address this man that we've read about by the name of Hezekiah. Hezekiah in the scriptures is uh, a very uh, profound figure in the word of the Lord. Uh, his role in the scriptures is profound and how God minister to him and through him is profound. Uh, probably one of the best known uh, uh, stories concerning Hezekiah is the fact that he actually was a man, per, uh, one of very few, if, if he's even uh, paralleled by others, uh, it, it, he's quite a unique character in that he, he literally changed the mind of God concerning his own life. Uh, we know the scripture tells us it is appointed unto man once to die. That there are such things as sicknesses unto death. And Hezekiah had one of those sicknesses that was unto death. And famously, Hezekiah turned his uh, face to the Lord and called upon him and asked him to reverse course on that. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. The Lord does all things well. Uh, so it really isn't even something we, we, it's not even something that we try to engage in when it comes to asking God to change course or to change his mind. The prophet Isaiah had come to Hezekiah and said to him, this is a sickness unto death. It is going to take your life and you need to get your house in order and be prepared. Healing isn't coming. And Hezekiah turned his face to the Lord, feeling the grip of death upon him and he he asked God to change his mind on that. Now, many saints of God don't do that because they know what's waiting on the other side. And they would rather have that than anything that this world could offer. But Hezekiah uh, said, Lord, I just want you, to, I want you to reverse this. And he prayed a prayer. And then later he gave quite a uh, resounding uh, psalm and, and praise to God concerning the fact that the Lord did extend his life by about 15 years and answered that prayer and he changed the mind of God. This, this, is, this is not just some character, if you please, of the Bible that we can just skip over, skim past, and, uh, and just kind of list him among the great sequence of kings. No, Hezekiah had a very integral role to play in the scriptures and not the least of which the revival that he brought to the people of Israel, to the people of Judah. There was great revival, great revival and, and it came through Hezekiah. Hezekiah turned the eyes of the people back to God and his, his insistence on turning things back to God is quite interesting 
before we go into that, I'd like to just explain what happened in this passage that we just read. The Bible says that that, uh, the priests, the people, were commanded of Hezekiah to bring the tithe and to bring the offerings to the Lord and to give the portion to the priests and to the Levites that they might be encouraged in the law of the Lord. And as soon as the commandment went forth, all of the people began to bring abundantly. The Bible says they brought forth abundantly of their corn, their wine, their oil, their honey. And this, of course, was their currency. They brought it abundantly to the house of the Lord. And the scripture says that in the thir- by the third month of that, they had laid a foundation of heaps. Now that reference to heaps is referring to a a collection of grain and a collection of sheaves. It was was beginning to mount up and it it was full and overflowing. And by the seventh month, the heaps were so abundant that they had more than enough. And the Bible says that when Hezekiah and the princes came to look into the temple of the Lord and check it all out, they saw the heaps. And they were amazed at the heaps of corn and wine and oil and honey and provision and grain. And they they looked around and the Bible says that Hezekiah looked at the priest and said, what's going on with all this abundance? Like there is, where did all of this come from? There's so much here. I mean, I, I had no idea we even had this in the kingdom. And yet everywhere I look, it is in heaps. Now that, that term heaps is interesting. That, that's the same term used when the children of Israel walked through the Red Sea. The Bible says that the water stood up as heaps. It was, it was refer, it's referring to something that is heaped up onto another. It is large. It is full of quantity. And Hezekiah and the princes said, where has all this abundance come from? And Azariah, the chief priest of the house of Zadok, said to him, Ever since these people started bringing offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had no hunger, we have had no want, we have had plenty and plenty to spare, and now everybody's eaten, everybody's blessed, everybody's doing well, and we still have this great store. What Hezekiah was looking upon was after everybody had received their needs met. And he was still amazed and in awe of the abundant blessings. And the priest said this abundant blessing has come and it came ever since the people started bringing offerings into the house of the Lord. Amen. And so we recognize this moment in in the history of Judah that they have this abundant blessing people are coming from every which direction and they're giving they're giving abundantly they are pouring out of themselves into the house of the Lord and and it's growing and heaps upon heaps and there's food to give and there's food to spare so much so that Hezekiah is in awe and I I'm fascinated with that account I think it's a beautiful example of what happens when the people of God begin to coordinate and collaborate and sacrifice and give. God begins to open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings we are unable to contain. 
Hallelujah. But I will tell you that it didn't start with heaps. It didn't start with people giving abundantly. It started when they set upon an intentional path to revival. And they said, we've got to get ourselves ready for what the Lord is about to do. Tree of Life Church, we've got to get ourselves ready for what the Lord is about to do. Oh, I wish we could fast forward just for a moment. I wish I could put it on the screen 10 years from now, should the Lord tarry. I wish I could show you the names and the faces of the people who are on their way into this house among you. People you're going to teach your home Bible study to. People you're going to pray through in the altar. People that you are going to witness to in the marketplace. People you are going to lay hands on and see them recover. I wish I could put it on the screen and show you the, the vast expanse of what God is getting ready to do in this city. Every, let me tell you something, every promise of God that has been spoken over this city is going to come to pass. Every single prophecy that has ever been declared, there is no hardship that will prevent it. There is no past hurt or offense that will prevent it. It is the word of the Lord and it shall come to pass. Hallelujah. Man, man, man may try to delay it. The enemy may try to stop it. But God's word is sure. It is everlasting. Nothing shall disannul it. God has smiled upon this city. He is pouring out his spirit. And we are the blessed recipients of those who get to partake of the blessing of God. Hallelujah. And Hezekiah... The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 29, verse 1, Hezekiah began to reign when he was 25 years old, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. The Bible says in verse 2, he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David his father had done. I want you to hear what I'm telling you. This is a miracle. What I just read to you is a miracle because Hezekiah's dad was Ahaz, and Ahaz was an idolater. Ahaz had idols. He worshipped the gods of the heathens. Ahaz was some kind of a whore. He was really a heathen king, but he was reigning over the people of Israel. And the Bible says that Hezekiah, his son, the young man that grew up in his house, the Bible says he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David, his father, had done. Now, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. We reach back to an ancient anointing for what God is doing in our city. We reach back to an ancient anointing. We don't look around us and think, well, I don't know if we'll ever see the revival they saw in yesteryear. I'm going to tell you something. We've never seen the kind of revival we're about to see. We reach back to an ancient anointing. We reach back to, oh, hallelujah. 
to the anointing of the apostles. We reach back to the anointing of the early church. We don't reach, we don't look around at our popular culture and try to determine whether people will actually receive this. Well, Pastor Joel, this is a different day. This is a different time. People are different now. They don't really like all this the way we do it. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, you're believing the lies of the heathen idol worshipers. We reach back to an ancient anointing. Generations past, Hezekiah said, I'm not going to be influenced by the way Ahaz did things. I'm going to walk in the ways of David the king. Hallelujah. He said in verse 3, he in the first year of his reign, in the first month, opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. In the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. I'm glad to tell you in the first month of 2023, we're about to open the doors of a new worship center. We're getting on the road to revival, ladies and gentlemen, and we're not looking back. We want to see the lame walk. We want to see the blind see. We want to see the deaf hear. We want to see the dead raise. We want to see miracles and signs and wonders. We want Holy Ghost power to flood this city. Hallelujah. Hezekiah began where you have to begin with revival. 2 Chronicles 29, 5, he said unto the priests and to the Levites, Hear me, ye Levites, sanctify now yourselves, and sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers, and carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place. And we're going to start where we have to start for revival to take place. It comes with sanctifying ourselves. We have to be sanctified by the word of God. We have to be cleansed from the inside out. We cannot harbor any kind of carnality or fleshly mindedness. We cannot harbor any kind of unforgiveness or unholiness. We've got to get into the most secret and sacred of all places and carry out the filthiness of our flesh and put it upon an old-fashioned altar. We've got to be real Christian. I'm going to just tell you, we can't fake our way to revival. We can't trick God into giving us revival. People don't get lucky when they have revival. They get honest with God and they sanctify themselves and they sanctify the house of God and they carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place. Let me tell you something. Your mind is a holy place. Your heart is a holy place. Your soul is a holy place. Let me remind you where your soul came from. God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. That's a holy place. And you've got to carry the filthiness out of that holy place. No, you can't harbor it anymore. Let it go. Let it go. Let go of the hurt feelings. Let go of the hard feelings. Let go of the grudges. Let go of the unforgiveness. Turn off the media. 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 
Stop following it. It's poisoning your spirit against your brother and your sister. The accuser of the brethren has possessed many of those people. And in their mouth, it's like the poison of a serpent that is injecting itself into society. And the church must recognize we have no part with that poison. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, I know we got to watch and pray. I know we got to know what's going on. But let me tell you where I get my news. I get my news from Jesus. I get my news from God. I go down on my knees in prayer and I seek the face of God. And you know what? God will put a love in my heart for people I would not love if it wasn't for his Holy Spirit. People who don't agree with me. People who live a lifestyle that's so contrary to what my values are. I'm going to tell you, God loves them. He loves them so much that he gave himself for their sins. And we got to love everybody with the love of God. No matter their sin. No matter where they've come from. No matter what they've done. Carry the filthiness out of the holy place. Sanctify yourselves. Sanctify yourselves. Pray. Pray the pride out of your heart. Pray the envy out of your heart. Pray the lust out of your mind. Pray the bitterness out of your soul. Pray. Pray until you're humble before God. Pray until you weep in his presence. Pray until you remember that you have nothing to do with your salvation. It is by grace you are saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Hallelujah. Pray until you love everybody around you. Pray until you love them so much they can feel it. Pray until you love them so much they know it. Pray until you love them so much it's in your hands, it's in your words, it's in your actions. Sanctify yourselves. Sanctify the house of the Lord. Carry out the filthiness from the holy place. And I'm going to tell you what happens when that happens. Second Chronicles chapter 29 verse 10. This is what Hezekiah said. He said, now, whew, I love that word. Now it is in mine heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel. Now it is in my heart. Wasn't in my heart before I sanctified myself. It wasn't in my heart before I carried the filthiness out of the holy place. But now. That I have regular seasons of prayer. Now that I have regular actions of love. Hallelujah. Now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel. Verse number 11. My sons, be not now negligent. O tree of life, we cannot be negligent concerning the things of God. This is a moment of destiny. This is a moment of divine proportion. This is not a time for us to retreat away and get hung up on some kind of snare of the devil. This is time to step boldly into the promises of God that are in him. Yea and amen. Hallelujah. Be not now negligent. For the Lord hath chosen you. The Lord hath chosen you to stand before him. To serve him. 
that you should minister unto him, that you should burn incense. That's praise, hallelujah, unto the Lord. The Bible says in verse 15, they gathered their brethren, they sanctified themselves, they came according to the commandment of the king by the words of the Lord to cleanse the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. And the priests went into the inner part of the house of the Lord, into the inner part to cleanse it to, and brought out all the uncleanness that they found in the temple. Now, now, let me tell you something. When I'm talking to you today about temple, I'm talking about you. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? They brought out all the uncleanness out of the temple, out of the house of the Lord. And the Bible says that they brought it of the Lord into the court of the house of the Lord's, the Lord. And the Levites took it to carry it out abroad into the brook Kedron. I'm talking about revival. Second Chronicles 29 and verse 35. The Bible says, that they brought the burnt offerings in abundance with the fat, the peace offerings, the drink offerings. For every burnt offering, the service of the house of the Lord was set in order. And Hezekiah rejoiced and all the people that God had prepared the people for the thing was done suddenly. And I'm going to tell you, there's a sudden work coming upon us. My. I, listen, with, without making your neighbor too uncomfortable, I want everybody just to scoot over just a, an inch. Just do that. Just scoot over just a little inch because we got to get used to making room for people. It's going to happen, and it's going to happen suddenly. I said it's going to happen, and it's going to happen suddenly when we start. Mm. I'm gonna, you, know, you know what I'm going to do to prepare for it? I'm going to sanctify myself before God. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to get on my face and say, God, help me be a better husband and pastor and father. Help me be a better friend. Help me be a better preacher. Help me be a better soul winner. That's what I'm going to do. God, prepare me for the sudden work. Oh, God loves sudden works. May I remind you, it came to pass when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Woo! We've got to be ready for the sudden works of God. We're not going to have time to say, well, let me check my calendar. We're not going to have time to say, let's fit that into the service schedule. We've got to be organized enough to follow the cloud. We've got to be ready. We've got to have things in order. Hallelujah. Are you ready for God to set us in order? Come on, somebody, get strap on your marching boots. Get ready, ladies and gentlemen. You better button your coat. Get ready. God's going to set us in order, and we're going to get ready to do what he wants to do suddenly. For the thing was done. The thing was done suddenly, and they were ready for the sudden work because they're Hearts had been sanctified because they had carried the filthiness out of the holy place. 
They didn't, get, they didn't get bent out of shape when they received an instruction. No, they went and did what the Lord instructed them to do. Because you don't, you don't get bent out of shape at the commandments of God when you are where you need to be in God. It is the haughtiness of our spirit. It is the fleshliness of our mind. It is the carnality of our soul. It is the stubbornness and the bitterness and the rebellion in us that makes us resist what God is doing. When you get all that cleaned out, you don't resist what God is doing. Verse number 8 of 2 Chronicles 30. The Lord's talking to me now. Amen. Be ye not stiff-necked. Uh-oh. I better limber up here. Sometimes I get a little stiff-necked. Be ye not stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves. Unto the Lord, enter into his sanctuary, which he hath sanctified forever, and serve the Lord your God, that the fierceness of his wrath may turn away from you. Now, we heard a word from God last Sunday from Brother Terry Shaw. He gave us a word directly from heaven. And one of the things that he said was that the Lord woke him up in the middle of the night from 3.30 to 4.30, give or take, and, and he received instruction from the Lord. And a word for our congregation. And it was a beautiful word. And as he began to speak it, my goodness, my spirit was stirred. And he spoke concerning our worship center. And said, don't think that you can build something that will contain me. It is imperative that we understand that we can't build anything that can contain God. The wind blows where it lists, and you can hear the sound thereof, but you can't tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So, so, so what are he, he likened it to Noah building the ark, that inside that ark, Noah looked around and saw his family, and he saw the animals. But when God looked on the inside of that ark, he saw billions of both. That was the word of the Lord for our church. That when we build this ark, we're building it for a purpose. But not, it's not, to, it's not to, to pretend that we can fit the whole world into that ark. It's to preserve seed inside that ark. Hallelujah. And that's why we're building something for God. It is for the purpose of seed. That's why we have a worship center. That's why we have now two campuses so that we can keep the seed alive. The Bible says to keep the seed alive forever. When we gather together, what are we doing? We are keeping the seed alive forever. When you walk into this house, don't think that this is the culmination of the work you do for God. No, no, the work we do for God happens beyond these walls. It happens in the marketplace. It happens in the workplace. It happens in living rooms. It happens in prison houses. It happens all across, hallelujah, our city and region and nation. That's where the word of God happens. We meet regularly, and we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And so much more, as you see the day approaching, we meet to keep the seed alive forever. We meet so that we can continue to expound his name name is above every name. His blood has the power to save. His name is to be worshipped and praised. He is to be adored. We lift him up. Don't stop gathering together. It's important to keep the seed alive. 
But the seed is not supposed to stay here. It's supposed to go out from this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They were sanctified in themselves. The house of God and their understanding of the house of God was sanctified. And we have to have our understanding of the house of God sanctified to where we understand the reason we're building and the reason we're expanding is because we've got to keep the seed alive. Hallelujah. We need fruit. We need plants. We need people. We need God's creation to be reconciled unto him. Hallelujah. So we come into this place and we put forth the word of the Lord. We preach it. We teach it. We sing it. Hallelujah. We lay hands on the sick. Those things should be happening here and they should be happening abroad. The Bible says in verse number 25 of 2 Chronicles 30, all the congregation of Judah... All the congregation of Judah with the priests and the Levites and all the congregation that came out of Israel and the strangers that came out of the land of Israel and that dwelt in Judah. This means everybody rejoiced. So there was great joy in Jerusalem. For since the time of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, there was not the like in Jerusalem. There was great joy. There hadn't been that much joy since Solomon had built the temple of the Lord. There was such great joy. Hezekiah had no template. His own dad didn't believe what he was preaching and teaching. But he brought revival. And revival came by inner sanctification. Revival came by cleansing the house of the Lord. Revival came by cleaning out the uncleanness inside of us. And the Bible says in verse 1 of 2 Chronicles 31, Now when all this was finished, all Israel that were present went out to the cities of Judah. They break the images in pieces. I'm going to tell you, when you get cleaned up on the inside, you're going to start breaking every image down. You want to know why? Because when you really do experience the joy of the Lord, you're going you're gonna to have a strong feeling that you don't need the, the, the fake or the, you don't need the, 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 the facade, you don't need the charade, you don't need all of the stuff that is, is so temporary and earthly. You're going to go break down the images in pieces. They cut down the groves. They threw down the high places. They threw down the altars, hallelujah, of Judah and Benjamin and Ephraim and Manasseh. They went everywhere and just started tearing down all of the idols. Do you know that Hezekiah broke down an idol that nobody even knew was an idol? The Bible says he broke down the brazen serpent that Moses had lifted up in the wilderness. Now, now I'm going to tell you really quick that story. Moses lifts up this serpent in the wilderness, and the Bible says it was a fiery serpent. And he lifted it up, and everybody that looked upon that serpent, they were healed of venomous snake bites that they had just received because snakes came from every which direction. And those, fa those fangs of the snakes put venom into their bodies, their bloodstreams, they were dying. But if they could lift their eyes upon that serpent, they were healed. And that brazen serpent, literally, God used it to bring healing to all the people. And they took that thing, and they set it up in their temple and said, this is amazing what God did. Thank God for what he did. But generations passed and now they were burning incense to that image 
instead of the God who gave them the understanding of what to do. And Hezekiah walks in and says, it's got to come down. And I'm just imagining people saying, are you kidding me? God gave that to us. God gave that. That's a miracle of God. That image is a miracle from God. Moses lifted it up and, and, and Hezekiah said, no, it's an idol. It's got to come down. It's, and you know what he called it? He called it Nehushtan, meaning it's just a meaningless piece of brass. Now, now ladies and gentlemen, we can make idols out of anything. Let, let, me, let me just tell you, we can make idols out of anything. Let me, give you, let me give you an example. The Bible says that there were cloven tongues like as a fire that sat upon each of them. That's how tongues originated, tongues as a fire. Paul comes along in 1 Corinthians 13 and said, listen, I'm capable of speaking with the tongues of men and of angels. But if I don't have love, then that's just sounding brass. Paul said the same thing about tongues as Hezekiah said about that serpent. If it's on fire, it's of God. But if it doesn't have love, I'm going to tell you something. We can make an idol out of anything. We can make an idol out of true things. All you got to do is remove the love from it, and it's an idol. All you got to do is reduce it to a meaningless piece of sounding brass and you can talk in tongues all day long. But if you're not kind in English, it doesn't matter. Uh, you hear what I'm telling you? When you get cleaned up on the inside, every idol is coming down. The idols of my heart are going to be taken down. The idols of my mind are going to be taken down. And now, when, the, when all of the idols go, now when I speak with tongues, it's the Spirit giving the utterance. Now when I speak with tongues, I'm in favor with God because I've not made my doctrine an idol. It's on fire. And it's full of the love of God. But when you get cleaned up on the inside, hallelujah, it'll help you negotiate and navigate the idols that nobody even knows are idols. And you'll be able to remove the idol and lift praise unto God. Hallelujah. Glory. So the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 31 that Hezekiah and the princes, they came to the temple of the Lord. And when they walk into the temple of the Lord, they are amazed at what they see. There, is, there are stacks of corn and oil and wine and honey. And Hezekiah is walking around saying, where did this abundance come from? Because, because here's what happened. When they all got cleaned up on the inside, and Hezekiah said, oh, by the way, we need to give tithe and offering. There was nobody that was resisting that. Why? Because they were clean on the inside. Nobody was like, I'm not giving that. You kings, you preachers, all you want is money. Nobody was saying that. Because they were clean on the inside. And so when they brought their tithe and they gave abundantly under the house of the Lord, Hezekiah walks in and says, wait a minute, how did this happen? Where is all this abundance coming from? And the priests and the Levites said, I, I don't even know how to explain it. All I got to tell you is ever since these people started giving, when they started giving abundance, blessings, Blessings. I remember 10 years ago, 
2012, September, I stood up before Tree of Life Church. It was FAC at that time. And I said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to launch a capital campaign because we've got to reach this city with the gospel of Jesus Christ and we need a larger building from which to base our operations. And so we began to give unto the Lord. That was 10 years ago. I'm so glad I didn't know then it was going to take 10 years. I'm really glad I didn't know then how much it was going to cost. I'm really glad I didn't know then all the battles we'd face. You know, that's why God doesn't give us the whole road map. You know that, right? He gives us one step at a time. And if we'll take that step, the next one will illuminate and we'll just keep on going until we reach the other shore. Hallelujah. So I just, I, I don't know what this, I don't know what this will show, but I just want to, I just want to ask if I could. I want everybody that has become a part of Tree of Life Church since 2012. If you were not a member of Tree of Life Church before 2012, but from 2012 until 2022, if you have become a part of Tree of Life Church, would you stand? Where, where, where did all this abundance come from? Where did all this abundance come from? I'll tell you where it came from. It came when the people started giving unto the Lord. When they started opening up their hearts and saying, Lord, you can have whatever you need. And I'm going to tell you, the people that gave from then till now, I want to see a show of hands of those who have been blessed abundantly of God. Where did all this abundance come from? It's revival. It's revival. It's revival. It's revival. Oh, hallelujah. And you just wait 10 years from now. You just wait 10 years from now when both these campuses are full with people and we can't get people into these doors. You wait 10 years from now when we're so set in order, and it's not going to take no 10 years, hear me. Don't get me wrong. You wait till we walk in and say there's nobody who walks through these doors that we're not prepared to meet their need by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Could you stand with me right now in the name of Jesus? All across this building, all across this building, could you stand with me right now with uplifted hands and uplifted voices? Lift up your voice with me right now. Could you do that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The blessings are coming. The heaps are coming. When you start giving, and some of you have given, you have given every person in this place, you have given. God's going to bless you. God's going to bless you. And I'm going to tell you, you can't outgive God. You cannot outgive God. We have a number that we need to reach. $685,000 we have from now till October of 2023. We need $685,000. God's going to give it. God's going to open the windows of heaven. He's going to pour these blessings out upon his people. And it's going to happen because we sanctify ourselves before God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what Hezekiah said? Hezekiah told those people, he said, you know what else we need to do for this revival that's coming? He said, I want all the Levites and the priests, and I want all of the people and the singers and the instruments and the musicians, I want them all to gather together, and I want them to open up their mouths, and I want them to sing praise unto God. I want them to sing. And the Bible says they started singing the Psalms of David and Asaph. And they began to cry out to God in the Psalms of David and Asaph. I'm going to tell you a revival church is a praising church. It's a praising church. When people walk into this place, they need to know they've come in among the redeemed of the Lord. They need to know they've walked in among people who have something to shout about, something to sing about, something to praise God for, something to be thankful for, something, something that God has done for me. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and when I think of all that he has done for me, my soul does cry out, hallelujah, Hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. Hallelujah. I wonder if there's somebody here that can praise him right now. Could you do that? Could you praise him? I know we're waiting for the music to start. I know we're waiting for the music to start, but can you praise him before the music starts? Can you praise him without the beat of a drum? Can you praise him without the playing of an instrument? Can you praise him just because he's good? Come on, we got to kick every idol down. Thank God for these instruments. But these instruments, we can't let them become idols. Thank God for the technology we have in the new building. But it can't be an idol. Thank God for his blessings. But none of it can be idols. we got to tear it all down and get back to just us and God. He's holy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some some of the most some of the most anointed pillars of this assembly haven't even received the Holy Ghost yet. Some of the most gifted Sunday school teachers haven't even been baptized in Jesus name yet. Some of the most anointed singers that will ever stand on this platform. They've, they've never even heard of Jesus yet. Do you hear what I'm telling you? You've got to get ready because when we start giving, when we start giving, the abundant blessings of the Lord are on their way. When we start giving, When we start giving, the abundant blessings of the Lord are going to come upon his people. When we start getting sanctified in our inner man, when we begin to lay down the idols of our heart. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lord, cleanse me. Lord, cleanse me. Lord, Lord, I will not. 
by your grace, by your help, by your anointing. We will not complete this building and then worship it. By your grace and by your provision and by your anointing. We will not reach this city and then worship ourselves. By your grace and by your anointing. We will not help the broken and lay hands on the sick and then worship our programs and our structures and our talent. No, God, sanctify us. Cleanse us within. Purify our heart and mind. Take from us the filthiness of our flesh. Remove from us the uncleanness of our self-agendas, our selfish motives. Lord, we are here because of your grace, because of your mercy. We must never forget that. We must never forget that. I wonder if there's a Hezekiah in the building who's ready to open the doors of the house of the Lord and repair it. Who's ready to see revival in our city. Who's ready to see revival.
children, make presence, go before you.